Hi everybody. Welcome to True Crime University. This is your Professor Debbie. This is episode Sweet 16. Woohoo! I have a couple words before we get into tonight's business. I always have words. Haha. <laughs> I did put a picture of this on my Facebook and Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, but I got a postcard the other day and I was so excited about it. It was from the University of Washington. And do you remember the episode that we talked about Alan Ivanov? That's the asshole that shot the uh, people at the party. And his ex-girlfriend, Anna Bowie, was one of them. And I donated on behalf of True Crime University to her scholarship fund at her college. Well, they sent me a very nice postcard. And they said, thank you for, you know, donating to Anna's scholarship, and thank you for sharing her memory with your listeners. And it was so nice. I got such warm fuzzies from that. And that is totally why I do this, so that I can hopefully make a difference to somebody somewhere. And that's what today's episode is about. Today, I am breaking my rule about not discussing cases that have not gone to trial yet because there's no closure. But this episode is going to be in two parts. And I knew absolutely nothing about this scumbag that we're going to talk about. His name is Jason Pope. And I was on Facebook on one of my many true crime groups that I'm in. And somebody mentioned his name. And they said, why is nobody talking about him? He... I mean, he does have pending charges that have not gone to trial yet, but regardless, he still has a lot of convictions, which I'm going to address. So he is a convicted criminal. It's not like I'm talking about an innocent person. And the theory that people were saying is that they think it's because all of his victims are black, which if that's true, that's very sad. That's a very sad commentary on our society. I hope I hope that's not true, but I don't know why this hasn't got such mainstream media attention. He is in South Carolina. The local news newspapers around where he lives have covered this case. And the only things I could find on YouTube on him were Nothing that's, there are no audio clips that I have. There, there's nothing from any sources that are like reputable news sources that I can take from. They're all just people, regular people like me with their own opinions of them, of course, none of which are good. And a lot of the um, magazines like um, Essence and BET and, and like the ones that are, are popular among the, you know, African-American community, they're the ones that seem to be mainly discussing this case. So I thought that this is something that people need to be made aware of, because what is going on in this instance is very disgusting, and I'm sure that you'll agree with me once I tell you about it. And he is basically accused of sex trafficking, and I did not know much about sex trafficking. I didn't realize that it was the problem that it is. I guess I was kind of ignorant and 
thinking, oh, that happens in third world countries or on movies, or I didn't realize what a serious problem it is and how commonplace it is. So the second part of this episode, I'm going to address the topic of sex trafficking and what it is, how do you recognize it, what can you do about it, etc. And um, I'm afraid it might be a little bit boring and like lecture, luxury, you know what I mean? So if you stick with me to the end of the show, I will give you a bunch of fun facts. How's that for an incentive? And I want to, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my good friend Dan in Colorado. He has an MBA and he knows a lot about economics or a lot more than I do. And he helped me out with some of the uh, economic parts of this discussion. And there actually are some later on that you have to understand. So first we're going to talk about this asshole named Jason Roger Pope. I could find virtually zero background information on him. Like where was he born? His family, you know, like I usually do, like I usually like to give in cases. All I know is that he is now 43 years old and he's from Florence, South Carolina. Right now, he he is in the Florence County Detention Center on no bond. He has been there since August 29th of 2019. He has no coming up court date that I could find. So he's just sitting there waiting for trial. And as soon as I find out what happens to him, I will definitely let you know. Now, he has several pending charges. He's charged with three counts of trafficking, three counts of first-degree criminal sexual conduct, one count of second-degree criminal sexual conduct with a minor, one count of promoting prostitution of a minor, and one count of kidnapping. And this information here is from, right from the warrants. So this is true. This is not speculation. He is said to have forced four minor girls to perform sex acts for money. And then, of course, he had to get in on the act himself and, and have, you know, assault them himself. One of these victims is a 13-year-old girl. She said that she had sex with him, and then later she found out that he has AIDS. He never told her, nor did he use protection. And he's not just just HIV positive. This motherfucker has full-blown AIDS. And he is literally going around infecting all of these people. Now, according to the warrant, he recruited women and girls. And between September of 2017 and July of 2019, he did this. He would give them money and gifts. He allegedly held some against their will in Florence and Darlington, which are both in South Carolina, in order to have sex with them. He knew full well that they were under 18. A female relative of his told the police that he had paid girls for sex, and then he would post about it online. And a neighbor of his said, quote, 
I suspected a long time ago that things weren't right over there, meaning in his home, because of who he had coming in and out. They look like they were young, underage maybe, end quote. Now, um, I mentioned that he has AIDS, and it is a crime in South Carolina to knowingly infect or expose a sexual partner to HIV or AIDS without making them aware. But he has not been charged with that. So somebody actually started a petition online and I signed it and I put it in my show notes so that you can get access to it. The petition is to please charge him with this additional crime also. Now, how does he do this? How does he get away with this? Well, He's got a great setup, or he did, because he's not going anywhere now. But he was a DJ and party promoter. He called himself DJ Kid, which is a, a little bit funny because he was like, like I said right now, he's 43 years old. He is very active on social media. That's how he accesses his victims and his... Um, I think he actually had a following, like he would, um, okay, he was like a, into hip-hop and rap, right, and there's pictures of him with all these famous rappers like Kanye West and Nicki Minaj, who I love, I mean like famous people. Hillary Clinton, I'm like, what the fuck, how did you get your picture taken with Hillary Clinton? Like, I, I don't understand, but anyway, he has clout, he had a following. He would go to venues, like clubs, whatnot, and he would do his DJ thing. And he, supposedly, this was a lucrative business. And this is how he found his victims. Because, think about it, hip-hop and rap is kind of the, I don't like to overgeneralize, but the type of music that younger people like. Um, like if he would be a DJ for say like oldies or sixties music, he probably wouldn't get a lot of young girls. Now I myself, I grew up in, I was a teenager in the eighties and that's just when the hip hop culture was starting. And I loved that type of music like, um, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam and Run DMC. And I know I'm making myself sound real, really old, but some of those rappers who were just when rap was like new. You know, that was the kind of music that I was into. I would go to dance clubs and, and dance to that type of music. But he had a big online presence. You can go to his Facebook. His name is Jason Pope, a.k.a. DJ Kid. It's still active, and you can look at it, and it's quite disgusting. He has all of these pictures on Facebook of him with... I'll just say females because they could be women, they could be girls in um, compromising positions. And it's so exploiting. Like once I read about what he's doing, what he's charged with, I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing. I mean, he, he's literally showing the world, look at me, I'm a sick, disgusting pervert. I exploit these females and I put pictures of it online so that everybody can see. And um, he has a quote, and I think that I, that I took a screenshot of it, and I, I put it up so that you can see it. And he says, 
and this is a few years ago, I'm 36 with 693 bodies, all black females, WBU. That, that means what about you? Like He's bragging that he has had sex with 693 people. Who does that? I mean, this dude, I'm telling you, we've covered some real uh, losers, right? That Ivanov kid that, that shot and killed his friends, um, Nico Jenkins. This guy, I think, so far is the most disgusting person that I've studied. He hasn't killed anybody that we know of, but and I'll talk about the psychology of him a little bit later on, but it's just, oh my god, and it, it, it's so blatant. Like, it, he makes no attempt to be subtle about it or hide his actions. He's bragging, like, look at me, I'm, you know. And somebody on Facebook said, quote, he's a guy who is on a mission to torture someone, end quote. And that's I don't know who said that, but they obviously, obviously know him. And he's got a picture album on his Facebook. And it's called DJ Kid Parties and Girls Part 1. There are over a hundred pictures of him with numerous different black females. Many in positions of him. It, it looks like he's humping them. It looks like, well, no, it doesn't look like he is. He has his hands on their ass. Just very disrespectful to these girls. And um, I did notice, I was looking through the pictures, and I, I noticed a couple themes that so many of them have on these pants that are like, I don't know, they're, they're tight and they're shiny, like satin. And they're like sticking their ass out, you know, like, like they're doing out, like somebody, like whoever was taking the picture and I'm sure it was him said, Hey, you know, do this or do that, you know, stick your ass out or whatever. And it, I mean, it's very degrading. I'm like, what's with these pants? So then I read that what he would do is he would offer these girls to be dancers for his show. Like, you know, while he's playing his DJ music that they would be there dancing, kind of like solid gold dancers. And he specifically told them to wear these kinds of pants. And I don't know what they're called. I don't know where you find them. But you'll see what I mean if, if you look through the pictures that I have. And they, they're like skin tight, literally. And they're like the, the perfect ass showing off pants. And I, I'm sure that's why he told them, you know, wear these kind of pants. Um, now this is just, I don't know how true it is. I totally believe it. He supposedly produces porn starring himself and supposedly he had a black woman helping him to recruit the younger girls. And when I say recruit, I mean for trafficking and assaulting. He would also lure them using marijuana, possibly other drugs, I don't know, but definitely marijuana and money and prizes. Um, you know, he would post on his Facebook or Instagram or whatever it was he had, hey, look, I have uh, tickets to such and such concert, whatever. Um, and he would specify female. He would say, I'm going to give them away to some lucky female. He never said person or whatever, I mean, it was specified you, that you had to be a female if you wanted to win these 
tickets or whatever prize he was offering. Um, there is a theory going around, and this is just a theory, that this has not been substantiated. Supposedly, he made a text to somebody that he was targeting black women, knowing that he had AIDS, so that they would spread AIDS around and kill, kind of like genocide, like that he wanted to kill black people, so that that's why he was doing this. I don't really think that. Um, I think that he just has a preferential type. A lot of sex abusers do. You know how men or, or women or whatever, well, you know, they like red hair or they like big boobs or me, I like nerds. Imagine that. I think that he just likes black women. I mean, he's disgusting, but I don't think he's like genocide disgusting. And... I want to tell you about his criminal history. Before I do that, I want to read you something. And now I always tell you the sorts of things, whether they're facts or whether they're rumors or, you know, I heard this, I read this, whatever. This is a social media post. It's just by some random person. Their name is crossed out. It looks like it's Instagram from just the the format of it. It, it looks like it was on Instagram. But this is just what somebody said. Somebody who obviously knows him and is familiar with him. So I want to read it to you, but keep in mind, this is nothing official. This is just the words of some person. Okay. Quote, we've literally been targeted, in parentheses, black community, and everyone is laughing, SMH. That means shaking my head. Is everything a joke? Six exclamation points. He slept with over 600 black females knowing he is positive for AIDS in South Carolina and throughout other states, targeting only African females, having sex exchanged for money, tickets, or drugs, and everyone joking like it's funny. If he slept with over 600 black females, think about it more than likely they're sexually active with other others as well, so that's 1,200 and it ju just keeps growing. Also, sex trafficking, getting these young girls to come alone to hotel rooms and remote areas to get tickets, prizes, just to have sex and send them off to some other state or county as sex slaves. No one is going to understand until it's their family member, peer, friend, or yourself, end quote. Whoever said that, hit the nail on the head. They know him. They know what he allegedly does. And the next thing I'm going to read you is his criminal history. This is legitimate. This is his record. I got this from a newspaper in South Carolina. They uh, used the Freedom of Information Act to dig into his criminal history. Now, the, these are all the uh, um, law enforcement agencies that he has encountered. SLED, S-L-E-D, that's an acronym for South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, Florence County Sheriff's Office, Florence Police, Hartsville Police, Horry County Police, Georgetown Police, and the Clarendon County Sheriff's Office. All these people, and they're kind of in the same area. They're kind of, Horry County, that's where Myrtle Beach is, and Florence, I believe, is in that area. So 
He's had run-ins with all of these jurisdictions. His arrest record goes back to 1995. The first time he was ever arrested was December 10th of 95. He was charged with impersonating an officer. I don't know what he was doing. I don't have any details, but that is disturbing. He received a suspended sentence of one year plus a two-year probation. If you don't know what a suspended sentence is, it basically means that he did not do any time. He was next arrested on February 17th of 1996. He was charged with promoting prostitution with a minor. He was convicted of that. He got a suspended sentence of 30 months. Again, no time. August 2nd of 97. I don't know any details, only that he was convicted of assault and battery and fined. January 15th of 98, he was charged with trespassing and resisting arrest. He was convicted of both. He was fined and given 30 days on the trespassing. For resisting arrest, he was fined. April 17th of 98, so that's three months later, he was convicted of disorderly conduct and fined. Disorderly conduct, again, is, is what you call like a garbage term for basically anything. That could be anything from literally spitting on the sidewalk to something real serious like assault that got dropped all the way down to disorderly conduct. And um, it's probably a summary offense if he was fined. In Pennsylvania, a summary offense is something minor and it's anything that is punishable by less than 90 days in jail. Uh, South Carolina ha probably has similar laws, but, you know, just so you know what that means. March 27th of 99, he was charged with forgery and larceny. So he's expanding his criminal repertoire a little bit. There's no record of what happened with that. December 19th of 2000, again, he was charged with forgery. This time he was convicted and he was sentenced to 90 days. He did this again on September 4th of 2001. He was convicted of forgery. He got a suspended, there's that word again, five-year sentence plus a two-year probation. March 12th, 2002, he was charged with obtaining signature or property by false pretenses. And there is no disposition of that. I don't know if he was convicted of that or not. And that's something that we don't have in Pennsylvania, but... Basically, I'm assuming that it means lying or misrepresenting yourself in order to obtain something. So it's like a form of theft. There's a lot of different forms of theft, by the way. So it looks like that that is just one form of theft in South Carolina. October 5th, of 2002, he was charged with operating a retail business without a license. He was convicted of that and he got a suspended 30-day sentence. May 26th of 2003, he was charged with driving under suspension. There's no record of that disposition. Usually, uh, driving offenses are dealt with by, I was going to, I almost said PennDOT because that's Pennsylvania's Department of Transportation, by the, the Department of Transportation, by the licensing bureau of that state. May 17th, 2006, he was charged with malicious injury to personal property. He was convicted, but his sentence is not known. 
October 27th of 2006, illegal distribution of recording. That's probably like a music industry thing, and I, I honestly have never heard of that. I don't know anything about that. I guess it means maybe he played something that he didn't have rights to, or uh, like, you know how you burn a CD? Well, I, don't, I don't know if you know if people do that anymore, and you give them to somebody or sell them. I'm sure it's something along those lines, but there's there's no, we don't know what happened with that. January 19th of 2007, he was charged again operation, operating a retail business without a license. There's no note of, of what happened with that. May 5th of two, I'm sorry, May 4th, 2007, again with the illegal distribution of recording. He was convicted of this. He got a suspended sentence for one year, but it was converted to a two-year probation. I would love to talk to who, whoever supervised him on probation, just to trade stories. And um, I'd love to know what he was like. November 14th, 2011, he was charged with unlawful use of telephone. He was convicted and fined. What that means is using a phone to harass or annoy somebody. In Pennsylvania, we call it harassment by communications. And that is anything from a summary to a felony. So, again, no clue what he did or how serious it was. But he was fined, so it probably wasn't that serious. But then he also has this tendency to get away with shit, if, as, if you've noticed. Now, December 4th of 2011, a sheriff's deputy was called to an area hospital. There was a 13-year-old girl there. She said that she had had sex with Jason Pope and found out that he had AIDS. And, you know, I guess she was worried or she wanted an AIDS test or I'm not real sure. She said that her friend introduced her to Jason, who was at the time 34. So literally old enough to be her father. She said that he gave her some marijuana and money in exchange for sex did not use a condom, and her friend, who was 16, said that Jason then took both of them back to his house, and they also had sex. They all, all of them did. I don't know at the same time or whatever, but this happened on Thanksgiving. Now, what happened to that, you're wondering? And that's a good question, because on the police report, it just says unfounded. So that means that somebody apparently investigated these charges, thought that there was nothing to them. They were unfounded. Mm. Okay, whatever. December 24th, 2011, that's what, two weeks later? 20 days later? A woman reported to the police that Jason had been constantly calling her, harassing her, and sent her a pornographic text message. She was apparently an ex-girlfriend. She had had a prior relationship with him. No charges were filed. Do you notice the theme here? That he keeps getting away with shit. Well, you're not the first one to notice. I'm not the first one to notice. Um, it has been noticed by people that this is a pattern. July 25th, 2013, he was involved with the police again. But this time he was a victim. 
This poor dude, somebody stole his lawnmower. Isn't that sad? On December 17th of 2014, he was accused of stealing a cell phone from some guy's house. And no, no conviction on that. This one's interesting. October 29th, 2015, an ex-girlfriend of his called 911. She said that he is, she's driving in her car. He is behind in his car following her. So the deputy comes, sees what's going on. He pulls, pulls him over. So Jason said the reason he's following her is because she has his house keys. So apparently she did. She gave him the keys and he said he won't bother her anymore. So keep this in mind because this incident is going to come back later. Okay, July 26, 2016. He was the, the victim again. He told police that a 14-year-old girl stole $500 from his car. Any other person, you would say, why was he even around a 14-year-old girl? But we know what he was doing with the 14-year-old girl, don't we? And we also know that he's got some balls to call the police and make it make himself any more known or notorious than he already is, and, you know, make the announcement that he's around a 14-year-old girl. He's, like I said, there's nothing sly about him. So, January 26, 2017, he was the victim again. This poor guy, everybody keeps victimizing him. He said some somebody broke into his house and stole his 42-inch TV, and are you ready for this one? His gold 300 bowling ring. Like, I guess it's like a Super Bowl ring, but it's for bowling. Who has a gold bowling ring? What a fucking loser. June 10th, 2017. He's, he can't catch a break. Everybody is like, everybody wants in his house. Everybody wants to steal his shit. This poor dude, okay? He calls 911. He said two people are trying to break in. Remember the woman, his ex-girlfriend, who called 911 and said he was following her in his car? Well, she was one of them. The other one was a dude. Both of these people were arrested for public drunkenness, which is a summary offense. Now, this one coming up is really sad. And this is important, though, because it's going to touch on what he's doing and how it affects people. December 13th of 2017, a 16-year-old girl, and I assumed that she knew him in some way. She, I don't know if she called 911 or who she called, but she said that she wanted to commit suicide. She said she feels like she wants to hurt herself because Jason Pope, who's now 40, is spreading nasty rumors about her on social media and, quote, destroying her life. She said that since September 27th of that year, so like three three months, for the past three months, he had been paying her for sex and blackmailing her into doing sex acts when she did against her will. She smartly cut off ties with him two weeks before this, but he would not leave her alone. He was using her friends to try to find her. She said that he brainwashed and took advantage of her. Those are her words. She said that he had sex with, quote, a lot of teenage girls age 15 to 16, end quote. And this is her words now. 
and it fits perfectly in with what I suspected and what I know about him. He would start off, he would ask these girls if they want to work, either as a dancer or helping him with his DJing or something of that type. He handed out these flyers promoting his parties, and then he would bribe them with money. He went around telling people that his dad is a federal judge and he can get away with anything. Now, I would love to know if this is true. He does have a propensity of getting away with everything, doesn't he? Now, does he have a family member who's a judge or is connected? I don't know. I can't find out. If anybody knows, please tell me. Because it would explain a lot why he keeps getting away with everything. But he told this girl that he films sex with teenage girls. I don't know if he uses them for his own pleasure or if he sells this pornography or just trades it, whatever. But this case was marked administratively closed. May 23rd, 2018, a woman told the sheriff's deputies she found out that her 15-year-old daughter had been communicating with Somebody called DJ Kid 69 guess who, on Snapchat and Facebook, and that he seemed to be luring young girls with prizes. She said, this dude has pictures of underage girls on his Snapchat and Facebook. Guess what? He was not arrested. So that's another one he got away with, unless there, they thought there wasn't enough evidence or whatever. So May 27, 2018, four days after the prior complaint. One of his family members said that he's having sex with minors, that he pays girls for sex, and then brags about it on Facebook and Snapchat. She said that, uh, if you've ever been to Myrtle Beach, I've been there a couple times, I like it, but around March they have what's called Bike Week, and they have all the bikers come, and it's like a time when all the tourists are there, and it's like a party time, and, um, Apparently, Jason had gone to Bike Week, where he knew there would be a lot of people, and did his thing, luring girls, getting young girls and women, and so forth. So, the family member said that his actions severely affected whoever it was that she was calling about, or, or that she knew. And this person expressed suicidal thoughts. Quote, if something isn't done to stop this, end quote. So the sheriff contacted emergency medical services. Person went to a hospital. And in this incident, he's listed as a suspect. But again, no arrest. Now I'm reading this, or I'm, I'm going through this, and there's like smoke coming out of my ears. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What is he doing? He's like a menace. He is a menace to society. All this is going on. He keeps getting away with everything, and now I'm as mad as everybody on that original Facebook post that I saw that let me know about him in the first place. So, September 13th, 2018, sheriff's deputies get a call about a missing juvenile, a girl, and guess who they think she's with? Yep, he's 41, she's 16, again, old enough to be her dad. They go to his house, knock on the door. She comes to the door. So the police smell weed coming from inside the house. So Jason says, oh, by the way, I got a 14-year-old girl here too. 
So they read him his rights, and he agrees to answer questions, and he lets them search. They find some weed in his bedroom, and they find $500 in cash in a coffee can in the kitchen. This one's real interesting. In one of his socks, there's six memory cards, and there's no record of what was on them, if they were taken or looked at or nothing. But I have a feeling that it was either porn or pictures of him and girls. They seized $1,043. He said that he had no valid source of income. He claimed that his job was as a party promoter. So he was arrested and charged with, you ready, possession of marijuana. So September 15th, 2018, that's two days later. And this was in reaction to the uh, events of two days before. He was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor, convicted on two counts of that, one for each of the girls, and convicted of cruelty to children. He was either fined or jailed. We don't know any more details. On April 17th of 2019, this happened at a restaurant called Zaxby's. I We don't have those around here. I don't know what that is. But anyway, it's a restaurant. And an employee called the police to report that Jason was there threatening the employees. So what had happened, there were two employees. One of them was a 17-year-old girl at this restaurant. They got into an argument. So Jason comes to pick her up, the 17-year-old. So they're still arguing, her and this other person. So Jason gets out of his car and yells that he's going to come back and, quote, shoot up the Zaxby's and take care of everyone, end quote. And supposedly he called the restaurant several times to harass the employees from his phone and his mother's home phone. He was not arrested on this. What the fuck? Now, finally, August 29, 2019, he was arrested and he's charged with the charges that I read to you. On November 7th of that year, these charges were added on four counts of second-degree criminal sexual conduct with a minor, age 11 to 14, and two counts of trafficking in persons. God, this dude. So, SLED, you know, S-L-E-D, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, they think that there are probably more victims out there of him. So, if you are one, or you know of any, or you know anything about him, please call them. It's 866 866- 472-8477. I'll put that in my show notes. So now that we're done talking about him, I want to talk about sex trafficking in general. Sex trafficking is defined as human trafficking for the purpose of sexual exploitation, including sexual slavery, which is considered a form of modern slavery. A victim is forced in one of a variety of ways into a situation of dependency on their trafficker or traffickers and then used by them to perform sexual services to customers. Sexual trafficking crimes involve the acquisition, like kidnapping, transportation, and exploitation. This includes child sex tourism which is tourism for the purpose of engaging in the prostitution of anyone under 18. 
child sex tourism is a multi-billion dollar global industry and it involves around 2 million victims who child victims around the world. Now there are two types of offenders in um, child sex tourism. There's preferential abusers who specifically prefer children because either they want a relationship with a child or I didn't even realize this was a thing. They think the risk of venereal disease is lower. And then there's the situational users. They don't actively seek out people underage, but they are rather opportunistic. Say, for example, a guy uh, wants to pay a, a female for sex, and he just doesn't bother to check her ID. It turns out she's 17. Legally, she is a child. So that's what that, that's what you would call that. And they mainly use the internet to plan their trips and trade information on child sex trafficking with other perverts. I'm assuming that this stuff is done on the dark web. Uh, it's not like you can just walk into a travel agency and say, say, um, you know, I'd like a package tour of a place where they have you know, where I can have sex with kids. I, I don't think that's how it works. I think this is all, you know how pedophiles have this just like underground network of, they know each other and they have codes and stuff like that. I'm thinking that's probably how this works. And this kind of um, thing goes on usually in low income areas. The top countries for child sex tourism are India, China, and Pakistan and also Thailand and Bangladesh. There are at least 38 countries that have extraterritorial laws that allow their citizens to be prosecuted for child sex abuse crimes committed abroad. Like, say, an American goes to India and engages in child sex tourism. That means they can be prosecuted in the United States. This type of thing goes on a lot in resort or tourist areas like Indonesia, which is an awesome place I'd love to go to because it's like tropical islands. Um, as of 2016, 173 countries have signed and ratified the optional protocol on the sale of children, child prostitution, and child pornography. So that's good that people are starting to be aware of this going on and make laws about it. In the United States, guess which state has the highest rate of human trafficking? Just take a guess. California. If you said California, you're right. And I'm assuming because it is the most populated state. In 2019, California had 1,507 reported cases of human trafficking. Now, there are three phases that are used by human traffickers. First, there's scouting, which is kind of obvious, looking for, you know, victims or potential victims. The second one is manipulating. That's when you try to, you know, sweet talk them into coming with you or doing this or that. And the final one, final one is trapping, which is kind of self-explanatory. And while I talk about human trafficking, keep our friend Jason Pope in mind because you'll see that he fits a lot of these um, descriptions. 
Human trafficking is not the same as human smuggling. It doesn't necessarily involve transportation across international borders. Now, there are different types of human trafficking. This one, I, I totally was not aware of this. Hotel. There are global chains of hotels like Hilton, Best Western, Intercontinental, leading global chains of hotels around the world that are accused of profiting from sex trafficking, meaning that the hotel executives are actually in on um, this business, you know, like letting the traffickers use their hotel to house the victims. Then there's pimp controlled, which is just what it sounds like, where the victim is controlled by a single trafficker, also known as a pimp, and they can be controlled physically, psychologically, or emotionally. The pimp can use force, drugs, emotional tactic, tactics, or financial means to keep them in line. Sometimes they offer marriage or a relationship. They can threaten them or intimidate them, make them promises like, Hey, do you want to be famous? Come with me. I'll make you a star. Uh, they can offer them a job or some kind of education or um, buy them a ticket to go to some nice place. Um, does that sound like anybody we know? Yeah. Come be one good dancer for me. You know, come to sell some, pass out some flyers for me. Come to one of my parties. Bring some of your friends. He's the perfect position for this type of thing. A lot of times women will be offered jobs that are abroad. And think of jobs that somebody might travel for. Nanny. There seems to be a lot of people crossing borders to work to babysit people's kids. I don't, don't really know why. Modeling, bars and clubs, and catering and hotel business. Those are, I mean, there's all kinds of jobs, obviously, but those are like the, the big ones that are used to traffic people or to attract them to jobs. Another type is gang controlled, and this is a lot like the pimp controlled, but instead of one person, it's a gang, you know, like the uh, street gang or motorcycle gang or organized crime like the Mafia or something like that. There are more gangs getting involved in this because it's seen as safer and more profitable than drug trafficking. And gangs may work with other gangs in areas in that that's called a sex ring. And the benefits of this to them are to increase profits by tr trading of victims. And the client has a wider pool of victims to choose from. So say um, some perverted old man goes to one of these places and says, hey, I want a seven-year-old boy. Do you have any? And the person in the gang might say, well, you know, I don't have any boys, but I can get you in touch with somebody who does if you give me another $200. And then, okay, here's $200. And then he, because they're now in a ring, contacts a gang that's friendly and do you have any little boys? Yeah, we have a couple. And they basically are using people as a commodity. And it's harder for law enforcement to keep track of gangs. These people target victims at places such as malls, parties. Again, think of Jason Pope. Online, they tar target runaways. They gain the victim's trust. 
they have a lot of manipulation techniques that they use in order to gain the victim's trust. They make them promises. They may pretend to be romantically interested in them. They also, these are as a rule, very manipulative, controlling people. They learn their victim's vulnerabilities and weaknesses and then use these to exploit them. And a gang may brand their victims with a tattoo of the gang. It's like a you know, you do how you do with cows, like, this is mine. The most disturbing type of this, and, and I did not realize that this was a thing, is the familial trafficker. And here, in this, the victim is controlled by family members who allow them to be sexually exploited for something like money or drug. And that is the key phrase. There has to be an exchange for some type of commodity. Like, uh, this is an example. Say, a single woman lives on her own in an apartment and she can't pay rent. And the landlord comes and he's like, hey, you owe me rent. And she's like, I don't have any money. And he goes, well, tell you what, let me borrow your teenage daughter, have sex with her, and we'll call the rent paid. That is an example of human trafficking. Um, this is really hard to detect because the kids often have more freedom they can go to school or activities or whatnot instead of being, like, trapped or confined in some place. And if you think, well, why wouldn't the kid just tell somebody that this is going on? And there's a lot of reasons. They could be threatened. The person who's being their pimp could say, well, if you tell, your mother will go to jail and you'll go to a group home or something bad will happen to you. The kids may not understand what's going on. They realize that they don't like this, but they probably don't realize that this is trafficking or that it's sexual abuse. Some people consider this the most prevalent form of human trafficking in the U.S., which is very disturbing. And in some poor countries, they will actually send their kids to a brothel to repay their debts. Then... Uh, one that's getting more popular as time goes on, and that is the cyber sex trafficking. This is when the trafficker has a live stream of the molestation or rape or abuse of a victim on a webcam so that other perverts can watch this going on. And I, I think there was something on Law & Order SUV about an episode like this. Does anybody remember it? It was like they had to rescue kids who were kidnapped by these people when they were would film them online anyway um it sounds like something that would be on that show but um what they do is they abduct a kid and they put them in what they call a cyber sex den and it's just some place where there's a computer or a tablet or other device that allows them to get online and show this activity to other people it's often on the dark web. Um, they use hidden IP addresses. They use encoding. These people who are involved in this are generally very tech savvy. You know, they, ha they know how to use computer equipment and how to hide their activities. They use social media, video conferencing, porn sharing websites, dating pages, online chat room, and different apps. Again, remind you of anybody with, uh, you know, all the social media and the pictures. 
And this has especially gotten even more popular since the development of online payments and cryptocurrency like Bitcoin because you can hide your identity with this type of payment and it can't be traced. And then, believe it or not, another type of human trafficking is forced marriage. And that is when one or both people in the marriage do not consent to the marriage. It may involve a person being sold, transferred, or inherited into marriage. And it is human trafficking if the woman is sent abroad and forced to marry and engage in sexual activity. This is not the same as arranged marriages. An arranged marriage is where the parents decide who their children are going to marry. And there are, believe it or not, that's very common even still today around the world. And the cultures that mainly practice arranged marriages are India, Korea, Japan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and China. And the religions that do this are Hinduism, Islam, and believe it or not, Buddhism. And with Buddhism, it's said that just the bride's dad has to give his consent. Between 2011 and 2020, about 140 million women under 18 were forced into early marriages. Imagine that, under 18 and married. I didn't even go on a date till I was in college. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. The UN, United Nations, calls this a contemporary form of slavery. Now, remember I told you that there were some economics involved in this. Why is sexual trafficking practiced? What kind of environment allows this to go on? Well, it's a complex web of socioeconomic, political, society, and government factors. We have a worldview of women that says that violence of violence towards women and power over women is okay and that this type of behavior is normalized. The economy makes women vulnerable to exploitation and trafficking. And there is an increase in women migrating for work purposes. And these would be the lowest paid types of jobs like housekeepers, nannies, etc. Now, think of the jobs that are traditionally low pay paying, like either minimum wage or less than minimum wage. And they're child care, food service, housekeeping. And who mainly holds these types of jobs? It's females, right? Um, there's something called the feminization of poverty. And what that says is the, the women experience poverty differently than men. They spend much time doing unpaid labor, like taking care of a house or taking care of kids. They lack resources more than men. And this may push them to migrate in order to find, not migrate like birds, but move to places in order to find either education or employment. There is a prevalence of single mothers. You don't see too many single dads, but single mothers are hit the hardest financially. And the term feminization of poverty was coined in 1978 by a social worker named Dr. Diana Pierce. And she defined it as, quote, a trend of increasing inequality or living standards between men and women due to the widening gap in poverty between 
women and men as noticed towards the end of the 20th century, end quote. And our society has made sex a commodity. Our, uh, the pro process of globalization has created a market around sex. As you can see with the child sex tourism, the sex trafficking, these are all examples of how sex has become something to be bought and sold. Now, who are the victims of sex trafficking? There is no single profile of a victim. They can be anybody. However, they are mostly female, and they do tend to have a set group of traits that are high risk for uh, to be trafficked. Home, And they would be um, the homeless and runaways, substance abusers, foreign nationals, the mentally ill, uh, people who are victims of physical sex sexual abuse or neglect, people with inadequate social skills, the poor, obviously, and people who have been in foster care. Now, kids are easier to traffic for obvious reasons. They're smaller, easier to, to control. They're more naive and they're easier to intimidate. July 30th, 2013 was the first World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And that's celebrated every July 30th now. In July of 2019, the FBI did a month-long operation called Operation Independence Day. They detected and detained sex traffickers. They saved 100 victims and they caught 67 suspected traffickers, which is, is pretty good. And here are ways that you can raise awareness about human or sex trafficking. They try to raise awareness among the police, social welfare workers, and immigration officers. You know, let, let them know what to be on the lookout for. In countries where prostitution is legal or somewhat legal, and that would be the United States because, in case you didn't know, prostitution is legal in Nevada, outside of the Las Vegas city limits. They want to raise awareness among the clients of these places so that they can watch out for signs of trafficking. And how do you tell if somebody's being trafficked? Well, they may seem malnourished, like that they're not taken care of, like uh, bruises or, you know, they may look abused or injured. They may avoid eye contact or social interaction, or they may in avoid police or other authority figures. They may seem that they're poor or that they don't have any personal belongings. They seem to adhere to a script or uh, rehearsed responses, and they don't have any legitimate documentation like a passport or driver's license or some kind of proof of identity. And how are they transported? Through airlines, trains, and the most common way is the long-distance buses like Greyhound. The top U.S. cities for sex trafficking are Houston, Washington, D.C., New York City, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Orlando, and Miami. I'm guessing Orlando because it's a resort destination. A lot of people go there for, you know, they have Disney World and stuff like that. And this next part I'm going to read comes right from an organization called Rehab's Daughter. I have their, their name on my show notes. And it's an organization dedicated to rescuing victims of sex trafficking. And this is what they say 
on how to protect your kids from sex trafficking. This one should be just obvious. You shouldn't have to be told this, but fill your home with love, healthy boundaries, and make your kids feel secure. Talk to them about sexual abuse and make it age-appropriate. I mean, that kind of goes along with the talking to them about sex in general. Like, how much can they understand? How old are they? You know, what, what do they know? And so forth. Talk to them about sex trafficking and what to look for. And that would be very similar to um, talk about how to avoid sexual offenders and predators. Like, if you see somebody who's advertising for young girls to dance for him, a, d a DJ, you know who I'm talking about, at a party, um, you know, think twice about that. Anybody who's recruiting females or young girls for any purpose is suspicious or should be. Talk to them, this is very important, talk to them about the dangers of social media. Monitor their online use and be careful of who they let be their friends on social media and who they share information with. The same thing goes with online gaming. Um, do you ever see kids sitting there looking at the, t the TV and they're, they got their hands going with the controller and they might have like a headset on and they're yapping to somebody and you're like, who are they talking to? Well, they're talking to other players in these some of these games about like, I, know, I don't play any of these games, but strategy or whatever. But that's a great way to meet kids because that's usually he plays these type of games or younger people. And what a great way for a pervert to initiate contact with a kid, you know. Pay attention to your kids. Notice changes in their personality. Are they withdrawn or depressed or angry? Are they, you know, do, do they seem like something's wrong with them? Do they all of a sudden have a different group of friends? Remember we talked about Jasmine Richardson a couple episodes ago. That's the girl in Canada who wanted her family killed. Remember how she was like normal and she was fine and healthy. And then all of a sudden she turned into a goth and she had all these goth friends. Well, that was, that was a sign there. When you drop off your kids for activities, make sure there's a safe parent there. Like, I don't know, they're at baseball practice or something. Make sure that there is an adult who's going to stay there with the kids who's like, you know, safe or, or that you trust. Make sure they have safe adults to confide in. A lot of kids, I know I didn't, um, teenagers, something, sometimes you want to talk about something and it's just too embarrassing to talk to your parents about. So you would like maybe an aunt or a neighbor or somebody, a, maybe a friend's mother or something you know, that you can confide in. And if you have a desktop or laptop computer, whatever, with a camera on it, make sure it's covered when it's not in use because, believe it or not, those can be hacked and people can, like, spy on you through them. There are a lot of celebrities who are into raising awareness about sex trafficking. And I'll, I'll just name a couple. I'm not really into celebrities and what they're doing because I don't really care what they're doing. Ricky Martin, remember him, the singer? He is a social activist, and he has something called the Ricky Martin Foundation. He started in 2004 to denounce child trafficking and raise awareness. He's spoken at conferences and committees about, about this issue. Ashton Kutcher, he's an actor. 
and he co-founded a an organization called Thorn with, I don't know if it's Demi or Demi more, and they work with technical companies and law enforcement to make um, software and gadgets on like on that end that help to identify sex traffickers. Their stuff is used in 35 countries and they've helped identify more than 30,000 victims, 10,000 of whom are kids. I think that's really cool. And Reese Witherspoon, she's one of the highest paid actors. She speaks out against domestic violence and her, she didn't found this organization. It was already there, but she works with one called Safe Horizon. It's the most extensive victim services nonprofit organization in the United States. And it gives relief services to victims of crimes and abuse and also sex trafficking, which is, of course, a crime. Okay, so there's, in a nutshell, everything you need to know about sex trafficking. And as you'll see, Jason Pope is like the textbook sex trafficker because he... It seems like he, just the impression I get from what I've seen, he acts younger, or he tries to make himself look younger than he is. You can tell that. He hangs around with teenage girls. Um, I don't know if he's immature, or I don't know what his deal is. I Like I said, I haven't read that much about him other than what he's charged with, and just that is scary enough. I mean, just that tells you his criminal history and his online stuff just tells you that this is, is a predator. This is somebody who's fucked in the head. So, I mean, there's something wrong with him. That's that's not normal behavior for a grown-ass man to want to hang around with teenage girls. That's just not right. As far as trying to play shrink and diagnose him with something, I, I just don't have enough information on him. I couldn't even make a guess. Um... He seems to me to have a sense of entitlement. Um, I don't know what kind of background he's from, if he's rich, or he has some kind of relative in law enforcement, because notice how I commented about him always getting away with all this stuff. It's possible that he was raised, and I'm just speculating. I mean, I'm just literally throwing stuff out my ass now, because I don't know. Was he raised where his behavior didn't have consequences? That's a good possibility because it seems like his behavior hasn't had many consequences. And hopefully that changes. Um, he seems very narcissistic. He has pictures of himself everywhere. And he even has one. It's him like sitting in his car. And it says across it, no filter. You know, like there was no, what, do you, what is it, Snapchat filter. Like I'm really this ugly in real life. And him with all the girls and the, you know, look at me, I got girls all over me, I'm so hot. Um, newsflash, you're not. Okay, I promise you it's fun facts, right? So let me go get my fun facts note cards. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. You're still there. I won't blame you if you left after that, because uh, I'm tired of talking about him, and I'm tired of looking at him. And, um... Wow, I mean, he just, I just find him so abhorrent. Um, anybody who, I mean, just being a female, and anybody who uses women like that and disrespects them like he does is, turns my stomach, okay? But 
We talked about music, right? Sort of, because he's a DJ. So, how about some fun facts about music? Tina Turner holds a Guinness World Record for the most concert tickets sold by a solo performer. And she is also a practicing Buddhist. Okay, you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Ohio? Maybe you don't, but it's there, okay? In 1986, these were the very first people ever inducted into it. Elvis, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Buddy Holly, James Brown, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Robert Johnson. I have no idea who that is. Jimmy Rogers. I don't know who that is either. The Everly Brothers and Jimmy Yancey. I don't know who he is either. And I don't like any of them. Um, sorry, but yeah, I, I have my... Everybody has their types of music. I don't like the old... My mom's older, so she likes that stuff. It's like, I think it's called doo-wop or woo-woo-woo and I don't know, whatever, but oh god, I hate it. I like um, my favorite kind of music. I know you didn't ask, but I'm trying to lighten the mood after we had that, that uh, depressing discussion. I like trance. That's my favorite. If you don't know what that is, that's like electronic music and it's what they play at a rave. It's like um, by DJs like Paul Oakenfold or um, Armin Van Buren. Places, you know, people like that. Um, in 1991, Sinead O'Connor became the first and only, so far, musician to refuse a Grammy in protest of the commercial commercialization of the music industry. And not a fan of, of these people, but The Doors, their name comes from an Aldous Huxley novel called The Doors of Perception. How about that? One more, okay. I do, I do like Eddie Money, actually, and he just died a little while ago, didn't he? He was a police officer before he was a singer. His dad, brother, and grandpa were all in the NYPD. How about that? That was that. I hope you learned a lot. Um, I hope you learned what sex trafficking is. Um, I hope you learned to be careful on social media. If you have kids, you might want to talk about them about um, sex trafficking and make sure they're safe. Tell your kids if you have teenage daughters that if a grown-ass man wants to befriend them, there's usually a nefarious reason for it and it's probably not a good idea. Um, and I, like I said in my show notes, I have the links to all those organizations that you can call, look out for help or more information. And I will. I've done what I set out to do. I said that I wanted to make people aware of Jason Pope and what he has allegedly done. And this type of thing does go on. So that's mainly my objective. And hopefully it wasn't too boring. All right. And next week I will try to have a... Well, I won't try. I promise that we'll talk about something more interesting next week. Okay? Bye.